This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution. That will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. I have a very high expectation of what I've always thought this franchise is, and that was the best franchise in sports. In the moments where we are down as players, we got to execute. Every day, I'm so fortunate to be a part of this team. This is 49ers Plus Minus. Hey everybody, Tim Kawakami for 49ers Plus Minus, recording at home right after. It's our first, Mike Barrows, our first post-game 49ers Plus Minus. Just doesn't happen to be the 49ers game we're recording after. Recording after that fairly amazing Eagles overtime victory over the Buffalo Bills that has a lot to do with the 49ers since they're playing the Eagles next, since they're trying to chase them down for the one seed. Just an incredible game. Barrows, obviously we're going to be looking at this through. I'm with the co-host, Matt Barrows, by the way, in case you didn't know that. Um, what? How do you view that game? Just obviously through 49ers lens, but uh, that was fascinating no matter how you watch that game. Yeah, I mean, um, it was a little like the uh, the Eagles-Chiefs game from um, the previous Monday, you know, down to the wire. Um, the Eagles looking a little bit out of sync early on, but this is a fourth-quarter team. This is a late-game team. They've got a really good offensive line. No Lane Johnson in this game. Um, and, um, you know, they, they started to really take control, obviously came back from behind late in the game. And that's, um, th- that's what's going to be interesting for the – uh 49ers matchup you know the 49ers win games by basically discouraging teams not to run the ball anymore they get a they get a big lead and basically their opponents stop running the ball that's why the 49ers are one of the best run defenses in the league not because they're excellent at stopping the run i think they're giving up something like four yards a carry which is middle of the road i mean it's good uh but they're not dominant there so um, you know, if, uh, if the Eagles have their druthers, obviously they're going to stick to that run game, stick to Jalen Hurts running the ball. I think that that is going to be a real thorn in the 49ers side. I thought in, in the NFC championship game, you know, obviously that game, <laughs> I barely went, remember it, barely, I barely went the way it did because of the, uh, the quarterback issues for the 49ers, but Jalen Hurts, ran the ball well. He did it seldomly. He didn't have to run the ball, but the 49ers had zero answers whenever he decided to run the ball. Uh, it's still a a huge question mark for this team uh, going to this game. So it's, um it, in, in a way, the, the Eagles' strengths match up with the 49ers' weaknesses um, in several ways. I'm looking at one side of the ball. The Eagles' defense, which was banged up, right? There were, they had some defensive tackles out. 
Uh, Fletcher Cox went out during the game. Who knows what he's going to be like uh, on Sunday when the when the Four Niners go out there in a week from now. Uh, but they look tired, and they played 92 snaps on defense in this game. We know, you know, they're good, and they could gut it up maybe. But I, I think they played the short. You know, they had the short week. They had the Monday night victory in Kansas City, and they had a quick turnaround. They played 92 snaps. I think that's going to be an issue in this game. Now, who knows? It's going to be a deciding issue. It kind of looked – now, listen, they played way better than the 49ers did against the Bengals, but it felt a little bit, at least defensively, like the 49ers against the Bengals, where they were just a step – I mean, the Bills were mo- – I mean, they probably had 500 yards. I don't know. I haven't looked. Um, but it was a lot. In 92 plays, you're going to get yeah. 500 yards. Uh, they didn't really stop the Bills. Like, you know, they moved up and down. There were some missed field goals. Could have had that touchdown to Gabe Davis in overtime and, yeah. and somehow missed, the route just missed the throw. Um, I think there's going to be some, you know, there's going to be some effects. Four Niners are probably looking at going, we're going to, we're going to make them stay on the field. Like we're going to run it. Like what does Kyle Shanahan do in these games? Going to run the ball, run the ball until they prove they can stop it. McCaffrey already ran through them once, right? We saw that before all the quarterbacks went out in the NFC championship game. I don't know. I'm really circling those 92 snaps. I'm sure it's going to be an issue throughout the week. Obviously this is one time the four Niners do not have a rest disadvantage. In fact, they have a huge rest advantage. Uh, let's see if they're the fresher, you know, faster team out there. I think they probably should be to what extent that is and how that affects the game. We'll see. But man, Barrows, are you looking at that 92 snaps and thinking that's oh, yeah. a big deal? 92 is a huge number. That's that's a game and a half worth of snaps. So if, if Kyle Shanahan had an idea about his game plan, he probably added 30 uh, <laughs> rushes to the game plan. So it's going to be 60 now because you know it's 30 anyway. It's going to be uh, 60. The defense uh, out there for so long. And, and uh, you know, there's noted Fletcher Cox leaving the game. Well, you know, his uh, his replacement, Jordan Davis, that was the guy who was just spent on the sideline on that last drive there. Um, and, and that was a, a very nice um, metaphor, I think, for the, the Eagles defense. 92 is a is a ton of snaps. Um, and yeah, I don't uh, think the pass push is really there. You know, we know how good they are. They're probably the best pass rush in the NFL. But it didn't look, and again, it was wet. So, you know, who knows? It was tough to get footing. Oh, I guess it might be wet next week, too. Um, but it didn't look like they were coming at Josh Allen with a normal amount of pass, or certainly late in the game. They came at him with a big blitz on that last play to force the field goal. And they're not really that much of a blitzing team. So just felt they were a little out of character. But God, those Eagles, they just win the freaking game. They get out gain, bad turnover, whatever, and they just fight to win that game. This is going to be. You know, in many ways, it's a huge game for the four nights. We know it is. If they have any shot at the one seed, they will have, you know, they want to feel confident about playing the Eagles again. You want to see Brock Purdy healthy because we know how confident they were going in that last game before Brock Purdy's injury. But it's also like, can they establish their will in this moment? And I think the Eagles do that. They just figure it out. They have them play well, right? Their point differential isn't great. Uh, and they're like, I don't think Hertz looks fantastic throwing the ball. Didn't com- you didn't complete that many to, to wide receivers in this game? It was a lot of short passes and a lot of Hertz just taken off, yeah. But they figure out, right? This is just a gutsy team with a lot of talent, obviously, but it's a gutsy team. Are the 49ers going to be gutsy too? Yeah, I mean, that's why I say it reminded me of the Chiefs game because the Eagles didn't look all that great in that no. game too, and and they won it in Kansas City. Um, you know, and, and Tony Romo was was pointing this out that the Bills were playing a lot of zone defense 
against Hertz, and he had you know nowhere to to go with the ball for a lot of the game. Um, I still think he's going to come away with the MVP this year. Hmm. Um, you know that last play of the game being a, a case in point, as, as you noted. I mean, they they find a way to win, and it's it's quarterbacks who make these off schedule plays, and and Josh Allen was doing it too. Bill should have won the game. Um, he had a he had a great read uh, to to Gabe Davis. It was just a uh, uh, a case where the the receiver and the quarterback uh, weren't quite on the same page about what he was going to do. Um, but I mean, I, I do think that Brock Purdy is capable of making um, some of those. You know, not to the degree he's not the um, the the big runner that that Hurts and Josh Allen are. But during that three game losing streak, um, there were mistakes by Brock Purdy, but he also showed a um, improvisational ability that uh, we saw glimpses of his rookie season. But uh, I mean, to me, I, I thought that was encouraging for the 49ers because in close games, it's those types of plays that win the game. The The quarterback extends the play and he has the creativity to to find something, to, to find something when there's nothing there. Um, and you see the winning quarterbacks, the uh, the Josh Allen's, the Patrick Mahomes doing that. And I think that Purdy does have that. I know that Jalen Hurts has that. So <laughs> my, my point is that the 49ers, it needs to be a 49ers formula game where they get up um, by a healthy margin. And the other team has to turn one-dimensional one because um, the Eagles can run the ball. They can run the ball with uh, Swift. They could run the ball with Jalen Hurts. And, uh, you know, the 49ers have shown that um, – yeah, you know, the Cleveland Browns showed this. The the Vikings to a degree. If the other team is still running the ball late in the game, the 49ers just can't shut it down. They don't have that type of defense. Uh, so I think that's going to be very interesting to see whether the 49ers can really take advantage of this rest advantage that they have, huge, um, early in this game, and and make the Eagles one dimensional in the second half. Yeah, if they're not going to beat the Eagles, oh, listen, it is in Philly, so it's not quite. Like it's back at Levi's, but I'm saying if you're not going to beat the Eagles because you're probably going to end up playing them back in Philly this time, it's not going to feel good for this franchise. Like, it, how are they going to beat them? This this team is going to be there for a while. Uh, it's not like they're a you know all in team just for this year. There's Jalen Hurts, pretty young player, and they got a bunch of other young, really good players. They got some old players too, but like this is the one where they're going to have to show up. At least show up, you know, play play till the end, make it come down to the buzzer. Um, what about that kick? My goodness, the Jake Elliott kick from 59 in the rain to get into overtime. Does Jake, does Kyle Shanahan feel good about Jake Mooney making that kick? Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> um, yeah, in the rain. And and rain is a uh, is going to be a buzzword this week because uh, Brock Purdy didn't look all that great, great in the point. rain. Great Jake point. Moody missed a, uh, a potential game winner in the rain in Cleveland. Um, the, the Eagles seem very comfortable in the rain. I thought for sure that that game would have a late uh, fumble in it. You know, a wet game all all game long. There wasn't one fumble, and it looked like there might have been one at the end. But uh, I agree, and I think you do too, with uh, the the officials on that, uh, on that catch. It wasn't quite enough. It was like one half beat, uh, you know, longer. Football move, Barrels. Yeah, it would have been, yeah. been a fumble. The Bills would have recovered, and the game would have been over. But... Uh, not not quite that uh, that football move, but um, yeah, I think rain uh, could potentially be a huge factor in this game. It certainly will be talked about a lot in the run up to the game.
Kyle Shanahan 40 carry game, maybe, right? I mean, that's what he would love. He would would love that. Yeah, just like just grind it out. And I, you know, and it can't be McCaffrey 40 times. It's probably going to be Debo five to eight, maybe. And it's going to be Elijah Mitchell, who I thought, by the way, I thought Elijah Mitchell looked as good as he's looked all year on Thursday. I thought he looked like he was springing through the hole. He wasn't just tumbling like, was he's gotten like one, you know, one carry in previous games and it's been for minus two. He's looked a little tentative and out and is McCaffrey in for 96 percent of the, of the snaps. I think they can play Elijah Mitchell. I think that's important that they feel like they can play Elijah Mitchell. Um, no Jordan Mason, though, Barrows. None, none of that. Oh, that's but, uh, uh, that's a that's a fan um, complaint <laughs> that we don't see more Jordan Mason because Jordan Mason has been a great closer uh, when they've had to rely on him. Any theories on that? Why not Jordan Mason? Well, I, I just think that they like uh, Elijah Mitchell. I mean, uh, they really like Elijah Mitchell. I mean, Elijah Mitchell was their starter yep. to begin last season. He, he happened to get hurt in the very first game against the Bears. Uh, but I agree with you. Um, very disjointed, as as they usually are. Off season for Elijah Mitchell. didn't uh, Wasn't healthy throughout training camp. Got hurt early in the season. Uh, I agree that he's starting to hit a stride now, and and it's great for the 49ers that he's able to hit it. He usually comes in now uh, for a series in the second quarter, uh, and the question is what, why he doesn't come in for a series in the third and the fourth as well sometimes. Um, you know, Kyle Shanahan just, you know, he, he's got this uh, reoccurring nightmare from Detroit back in 2021 <laughs> that uh, he's going to blow a uh, a big lead. And so, um, you know, at the end of games, he's very loath to take McCaffrey and any of the starters really out of the game. But uh, I think you're right. I think that uh, what Mitchell's doing is sort of reassuring them that he can play a little bit more, a little bit longer than he has. Yeah, five carries. Just, you know, get him five carries. It's five carries that McCaffrey doesn't, you know, you're not piling up. You know, more weight on McCaffrey. We know he's always going to have a ton of weight on him, but in five carries that might get you 28 yards, right? I mean, like that's not five carries that get you eight yards. Like he might pop one for 12. He, I think he did in Seattle. I just thought he looked good. I thought he looked like a guy who was feeling like he's back in it. Uh, and that's big for them. Just, in, you know, again, when we talk about a game where they might run the ball 35, 40 times, it just can't. It's got McCaffrey is not going to get it more than 22, 23, right? He's going to catch five and, and you know, have 28 touches, and that's a lot. And he's going to be getting hit. Someone else is going to have to get some of those. We know Debo's going to get some of those, but I think someone else, even another running back. Uh, okay, let's go back through the Seattle game. It was a while ago, but they've been off. So um, it's not like they're saying new things. What, what do you, what's the one big thing you take out of that game, Barrows? Uh, that they, um, I felt like the, the defense really, um, you know, Seattle did its typical Seattle thing. And, and Kyle Shanahan was saying, he, he was even saying it at the, during the, uh, his halftime interview is that he expected the game to be close, even though it wasn't close at, at halftime, but that's what Seattle does. And they started to really make a game out of it. Um, and made everybody nervous in the third quarter, but I, I felt like, um, that there was a fourth quarter drive where Seattle had a another chance to really kind of bite into the lead, and uh, the defense just shut them down. Uh, ended with a, a third uh, third down sack, and that seemed to kind of settle everybody down. It's like the offense went back to looking like it did at the beginning of the game, and then um, Brock Purdy had that fantastic throw that that you wrote about, um, which has become kind of typical for. Yep. 
Brock Purdy. I mean, deep, aggressive throw. <laughs> just just as we all thought when they uh, <laughs> drafted this uh, smallish guy out of Iowa State in the in the seventh round that he would be attacking deep. And and really, that's that's become a huge storyline this season. Um, his chemistry with Brandon Ayuk, and the fact that they are going for the jugular on on the on that chemistry. I mean, these are all aggressive downfield throws that that he's attempting to Ayuk, and they have a real kind of rapport on those. And that's uh, that's been the difference in these last uh, these last three wins. That's well, interesting. That you know, they definitely it, there's a chemistry obviously on the field, but like on the sideline. Purdy's like seeking Ayuk out. They they definitely had like an emotional conversation. I asked them both about it. So they kind of said different things about it. But Purdy doesn't, you know, we know, we know he's not that specific. He doesn't get into too many things in public at the podium. But he does, he he kind of filled that one out. Like he and Ayuk talk about this stuff, right? They they talk about it after practice. They talk about the opportunities in front of them. And he said opportunity, like both of them individually. I think he's talking about, you know, Ayuk's possible contract coming up, what he could be. And we see it because Purdy throws the ball to him. Like he just says, I'm going to put it up there. You know, the cross his body throw. We know that one. And but there's other moments where he's he's jeopard, you know, putting some of the ball in some amount of risk because he thinks 11 is going to come down with it. And he knows 11 is going to be where he's throwing it, where he should be. I think there's something there. Like, you know, the, these throws are going to the same guy, these risky you know, really big time throws are going because he's like 80. George Hill's right in front of him. I didn't see it at the time, but like there, he's right in front of him for that throw. On the Doesn't mean he's not going to throw it to Kittle, but he's right there. And he's t- instead he's adjusting and making that friggin' dart downfield uh, where all these green. And I know what your angle was because we were split apart in the press box, Barrow. So it was terrible for both of us. Uh, so we had different angles. But um, because it was super cold and I got a had a terrible uh, bunch of pa- window panes in my in my in my view. Oh, but right. <laughs> my view was like all green. I saw neon green. He's like throwing it into five green shirts. I didn't even see IU because he had to kind of clear it before he threw the ball. I mean, as he was throwing the ball. Um, but there is something there, I think. And, and you know, I don't want to take it too far. Who You know, things can change. They always do. But my thing coming out was. That's sort of Brock Purdy saying, do not get rid of this guy. Like, this is my guy. There are a lot of great players on this team. But the one that he has the most chemistry with, the receiver he looks for in the biggest moments is Brandon Ayuk. And if there was any thought that maybe long term he wasn't going to be with this team when they have all the salary crunch, I don't think it can be. I think they got to prioritize Brandon Ayuk this offseason. I think and I don't know what they're going to do and I don't know what their thinking is, but I think Brock Purdy's making it clear. That's his guy. Would you, would you, uh, would you oppose that in any way? No, not at all. Because I, I, I think that they're perfect for each, each other. I mean, it's all about precision with those two. It's all about timing. You see him, um, you know, letting go of the ball before Ayuk makes his breaks. I mean, that, that's what Ayuk's um, chief skill set has become. It's um, the precision with which he he runs his routes. I mean, Kyle Shanahan demands that. This is why Ronnie Bell barely sees the field. This is why Ayuk had that kind of you know season in the quote unquote doghouse uh, in his second season. Um, uh, Kyle Shanahan is hyper demanding when it comes to the receivers, and he's hyper demanding all receivers. 
Yeah, he's an all receiver. Um, and, um, you know, he has that same, um, you know, standard for the quarterback as well. So if you can find a quarterback and a, and a receiver who A, have the chemistry, but B, who um, can can kind of see the Shanahan vision through, um, you know, you, you just can't break that up. I mean, imagine if they let Ayuk go. Who's who's the new Ayuk? <laughs> Danny Gray. <laughs> it, it is Danny Gray. I mean, Danny Gray is the is the understudy. Danny Gray isn't on the field. And Danny Gray is still somewhere in his kind of rookie year as far as development. Um, I don't think that anybody in the organization really believes in Danny Gray yet. Maybe maybe he will. But my point is that it takes Shanahan so long to develop a receiver that there, there's no way he, he'd want to start that process. Over. Dante Pettis? Maybe they re-signed Dante Pettis? I, mean, I think he's ready now. Uh, <laughs> Your time is coming, Dante Pettis. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think it's interesting that um, uh, you know both uh, Ayuk and Purdy are um, you know on, on the cusp of making the Pro Bowl this year. I mean, I, I don't think that they're locks at this point. Uh, Ayuk's got some competition in the NFC. I, I don't think that Purdy really does, but there's certainly better name recognition than him, and this is in in large part a popularity contest, but. Um, let's say that they both make the Pro Bowl. I mean, that's you have to resign your Pro Bowl quarterback, um, especially. I mean, your Pro Bowl receiver. Yeah, I think they're actually when <laughs> when he's your uh, your quarterback's favorite target. I mean, it just seems like uh, it, it it makes too much sense for the 49ers not to do that. Don't want to, don't need to go too far down the road on this. But what does that mean for Debo Samuel into the future? I mean, get, like that's that is the dollars. Like you know, you're gonna you're gonna stick it into two receivers. Now that doesn't happen right away because you know you can make a, an IU deal start at a lower number. We know they do this, but I can't imagine that that's going to be a you know two big contracts they're going to want sitting on their on their books for a long time. That's how I see it. Yeah, um, it's right. Um, and you go back to uh, Debo's deal, and it was a difficult deal, and it was only a three year deal. So that's coming up sooner than. You, you probably think um, it'll be interesting to see what they do. They're going to have a number one pick this year. Um, it, it'll be, I mean, I always think that it's going to be defensive and because I don't think they're going to resign Chase Young. And um, so many of those other guys are, are on one year deals too, Farrell and um, Randy Gregory. So I always think that uh, that's what the 49ers would like to do with it. But um, it would be interesting if, if Shanahan sort of gets involved and, you know, he, he's the wide receiver girl. He's the one that picks these guys out of the draft. Uh, and uh, it, it wouldn't be a total surprise if it is a wide receiver. And I think that would obviously uh, kind of, uh, you know, uh, be the handwriting on the wall for Debo Samuel, uh, if that's the case. Well, just a Debo, obviously incredibly important to this team. We know that often sputtered when both he and Trent Williams were out. And I think they equally, you know, are important just for someone, you know, Debo, just for someone the defense to worry about. And you worry about him, you worry about McCaffrey, you worry about Kill. I mean, it, it becomes this accumulating thing. But I do believe part of that negotiation with Debo was that they weren't thinking that he's a guy they're going to have be around for four more years. Like three years was the extent of it in their minds. And that's what made it tough. It's been a tough negotiation to put a lot of money into three years instead of being able to spread it out over five. 
um, that was part of the kind of the language and you know, unspoken language of of that negotiation. It was why it made it very difficult. So, so we'll see. That's going farther than we know. I mean, he's going to be on his team. He's an incredibly important player, but I do think it's kind of let let people know it's like this is in the air. And I think the quarterback is making it pretty clear who he feels very comfortable with. Any other thoughts coming out of that game, there, Barrows? Well, only that, um, you know, we're going to have this matchup between the the Eagles defensive line. And I realize that defensive line is going to be um, a little bit fatigued going into this game. But, the, you know, I think it's established now that the 49ers offensive line is OK, but it, it's not a great line. No. Uh, and there are weaknesses and, and the weakness is still at, at right guard. And I think the 49ers, uh, I think there's a good chance that they're going to revert to that rotational um right guard like they had last year with with Brunskill and uh and Burford and they'll start doing it with Feliciano and Burford it seems like the ideal point to do that uh, Feliciano just spent a full game at right guard he wasn't that good in it uh Burford's coming off a knee injury uh it'll be an easy way for them to sort of say okay you know he's just coming back from this knee injury we we think this is a good opportunity to to go, uh, you know, two series for Burford and then one for Feliciano. Burford has not um, um, progressed the the way that they they wanted him to. Um, you know, he's a uh, a former college tackle who sometimes plays guard like a tackle. He, he plays a little bit uh, too tall sometimes, a little bit out of control. He hasn't settled down into that role. I think he's physically the most impressive candidate they have there. I think that they still believe in him for the future, but boy, um, you know, he has definitely been the weak link on that, uh, on that line through the first uh, 10 games or well, so. McKivitz hasn't been great either. The right tackle. Yeah. That's right. not a surprise though. Yeah, yeah. To me, McKivitz is playing exactly the way that they expected McKivitz to play. Um, Somebody said it, it's McGlinchey light, right? It's like, you know, very similar to McGlinchey. Pretty, pretty good run blocking. Not great pass blocking. Speed gets him. It's very McGlinchey esque. I guess he's going to get a sixteen million dollar year deal now, then, right? Or whatever. Yeah, right. Exactly. He'll be the uh, the Broncos' new starter next year. But yeah, it's he's McGlinchey without you know McGlinchey is a very good. You know, they were ambidextrous running left and running right, uh, especially those stretch zone runs. I I don't think they. They have that uh, that reach to the right side under McKivitz. I, I don't. I don't think McKivitz is the athlete anywhere close to the athlete that uh, McGlinchey is. Uh, although their path protection is probably about the same right now. Yeah, it was. I just thought it was interesting that on that big play, it's built in that Brock Purdy is moving to his left. He ain't moving to his right. He's moving to his left because he's being chased on the backside, anticipating that he will be chased on the backside because the right tackle is going to get beat. Uh, you know, so he gives himself a little bit. You know, you're not worried about sliding over to Trent's side. Like that, that guy's going to be bursting upfield. You figured 71 is going to do his job and do it quite well. You're moving away from McKibbitts to set yourself up to be able to throw the ball. So. Well, you know, it'll they, be they, tell, they see, tell us with that stuff. They they inform us by doing stuff like that. It'll be interesting to see how many seven step drops there are in the in this game since it was such a disaster last time. Um, and uh, with uh, Hassan Reddick on one side and and Josh Sweat, I mean that that's really a key to the Eagles. They've got these two, and I know that Reddick is technically a. Uh, an outside linebacker, but he plays like a, a, a defensive end. Um, he might be 240, but he's strong. He holds that point well, and you can't block him with a tight end. 
And uh, that was clear last year. So, uh, yeah, it, 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 that that's more um, more fuel to the fire of Kyle Shanahan having a what? What are we up to? Forty five uh, carry game. Uh, uh, you, let's carries. go forty five. Let's go forty. <laughs> We're gonna run the friggin' ball. Charlie Warner is going to be in the game. He was in the game a lot. I mean, uh, you did the snap count. I thought oh, Char- I saw him Charlie out. Warner had the game of his life. He had I a great saw, game. He was out there all the time. It's a Charlie Warner's. It's a Charlie Warner ball game. I think we're going to see Charlie Warner in this game too. They're going to line up two tights, and we're going to freaking. They're going to throw throw and have the run. I'm sorry, going to run the ball like crazy, and then they're going to play action off of that. It's just going to be, you know, a, a dream game for Kyle Shannon if if it works. Runnable, and he, if he gets out of that, he's not going to feel too happy. Now, this I will say, this is what I get out, of, and I'm a Purdy guy, right? I, I've been very positive about Purdy since he started winning games. I wasn't before that, but man, I have seen what he is, and, and I'm very pressed by it. I was watching that game, and it won't be the case Sunday, probably with Jalen Hurts, but I'm thinking it's the first time in a while the four ers can go into most games. Even given all their other advantages, defensive line, Trent Williams, Christian McCaffrey, receivers, Brad Warner, Drake Granlaw, that they're usually going to have the better quarterback, usually, and and maybe even a lot of the time, you know, we, whatever we get in the rankings with him. And I, I just think he's top 10. He's a top 10 quarterback, and he's 23, and he's only going to get better. He is getting better before our eyes. You know, in the division, you know, I think he's the best quarterback. Like, you look at Seattle – Geno Smith's not going to beat the 49ers too many times. He's just not. Not the way it's constructed. Brock Purdy is going to beat Seattle all ton. He already has beat them twice now. And probably will be three times when they come back here in, in a couple of weeks. You do that with the Rams, he's probably better than Stafford. I think he's, you know, Stafford's Super Bowl winning quarterback, whatever. I think right now Purdy's better. I think he's better than Kyler Murray. We'll see what the Cardinals end up with next season. You do that throughout the NFC, except for Jalen Hurts. Uh, he's going to be the better quarterback except for like against seven teams. And they just haven't been able to say that in a long time. Jimmy was kind of like there, but not there. Uh, and uh, they got it with Brock Purdy. And, you know, they stumbled into it, whatever. They've developed it now. Uh, I just am watching this. He's making throws that very few other quarterbacks can make. And he's doing it in big moments. And now you add up all the other stuff they got. And now they got a quarterback. I think you're going to make these big throws in big games, big moments when he has to. I know the whole stat about him not leading a double-digit comeback, but when you're up a lot, that's kind of what you, you don't need to do that. Um, I just I am struck by that. Obviously, I have praised Purdy a lot over the last few months and year, but man, I just think that really tr- jumped out to me that he's making throws that the top six guys make, and when you're most of the games, you're going to not be facing a top six quarterback. Well, let me ask you this. Does does he have an argument to be the MVP of the NFL this year? You got an argument. You look at the stats, my goodness, you know. Uh I think he's leading in, you know, passer rating. We'll see how, how it all washes out at the end of the week. The stats get updated. The throws he's making, um, you know, listen, if, if Jalen Hurts outplays him and there is a very strong possibility he will on Sunday, your guy Jalen Hurts, I mean, it's hard to go away from him, but even on a team with a lot of stars, even on a team that has one without great quarterback play, this stands out. Like this is like, this is how you go. Okay, we get into Super Bowl in fourth quarter and we're up on Patrick Mahomes. We're, our quarterback's going to make a play on third and three that's going to win this game. 
And that did not happen in that game. And guess what? Patrick Mahomes made what was a third and 17, whatever the hell that play was, uh, the, the, the touchdown to Tyreek uh, to, to start the whole thing. They got a quarterback who can do things like that. So, yeah, I mean, I think he's got, I mean, you know, AFC doesn't have Burrow anymore. Like, you know, there, you, it becomes partly attrition because some of these guys aren't there anymore. Um, if he's going to be like voted for best quarterback on a really good team, Purdy's way up there. Like, is he a better player than Miles Garrett? Hard to say that. Is he a better player than Tyreek Hill? Hard to say that. But this award goes to quarterbacks so often. He's right there with Hurts and Mahomes and, you know, who, I mean, there aren't that many others in that conversation. If you're just talking quarterbacks, I think Burrow could have got there. Todd Lola's kind of gone back a little bit, hadn't played great recently. Um, yeah, he's in that conversation. I think he should, I think he should. I think McCaffrey's in the conversation too. If we're going non-quarterback, those two guys are two of the, you know, top 15 offensive players in the league. Yeah. I wonder if for a down year for quarterbacks, you know, Mahomes isn't having his greatest year and in, in that in it in large part to the fact that his receivers are are terrible and they're dropping passes left and right. Um uh, Josh Allen, um the same thing. No Burrow. I it it's uh it comes down to Hertz um and uh and Purdy, or is this the year that you, you go with a different yeah. position? I think Miles Garrett is it's just Miles Garrett right. could get it. Apparently Miles Garrett is dealing now with a an injury coming mm-hmm. out of this uh this loss to the 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 Broncos today. So that could influence things as well. I mean it my my point is that it's it's up for grabs, really. Um, I think it's going to go to to Jalen Hurts. Um, you know, the team has one loss. Um, he he's sort of the captain of the team. Um, does things with his legs that nobody else does. That that uh, brotherly shove play is unstoppable. That's going to become sort of like iconic for the yeah. Eagles this year. They got the ball in the four yard line late in the game today, and I figured like, just. First and goal, just do it twice and you're in, right? They yeah. didn't. They they did something else, but like, what? Why would you just? Why don't you just do that? I do think it takes a toll on him physically, though. I do. He gets hit, you know, by four different people that play, and I think Kelsey it takes a toll on Kelsey too, who's fantastic at it. So maybe you don't want to do it seven times a game, but yeah, he's he's a winner, right? And people hate that, you know, QB wins all those things. That guy wins football games. Right, he's always won football games. I I just think he's fantastic. He doesn't look always like the prettiest passer of the ball, but that guy, you put him on any team. I think he'd find a way to be in every game and probably would pull off a lot of those fourth quarters, even on a bad team. They put him on Tampa Bay right now. I think they they would be winning some games because they got some other good players. They just don't have a great quarterback and and kind of a, you know, mediocre quarterback. So I I think Hertz is great. If if Brock Purdy's in that conversation, that's a great conversation to be. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think I think he will be. I mean, I think he's somebody when it comes down to it, you absolutely have to um, discuss um, and and maybe you go on to somebody else. But I mean, it still says something for what he's become. Um, Who would have thought even at this point last year when he was, uh, you know, starting his run, I guess he hadn't quite started yet. uh, But um, even as good as last year wound up for him. Um, it's still uh, amazing and surprising that we're talking about MVP yep. for Brock Purdy, yep. Mr. Irrelevant, um, going into December of this year. I just, it, I think it is notable that that 
we've been saying this even from like the end of last year, that Shanahan's playbook has opened up. He, he opens up the game passing the ball now more than he does running the ball last. I think it was two straight passes uh, last game before that. It was like four straight passes. You know, he just kind of, yeah, I mean, this is, this is the best thing for right now, open it up and then get back to the running game. But he just doesn't worry about this guy. Even after that terrible interception uh, for the pick six that brought, the you know the Seahawks back into the game. I never thought like, oh yeah, Shanahan's going to have to keep throwing it, right? I mean, I don't think his teammates even thought a second about it. Nobody worried about the guy on the sideline. I'm sure Brock wasn't happy about it. He said he wasn't happy about it, but I just just go out there and make some throws. I think they punted in the next two series, but it wasn't terrible. And the def- that's when the defense really stepped up. I think they ended three straight Seahawks series with sacks, something like that. Um, but yeah, you you play. What, you know, the defense leads to your offense, your offense leads to your defense. And then Brock Purdy is that separator. That's that guy who can do the stuff. And I don't like keeping banging Jimmy because I praise Jimmy plenty, but he wasn't making these throws. Yeah. No chance. Jimmy, Jimmy throws the ball to Kittle. Yes. On that, oh, God, yeah. play. oh, God. And, and most quarterbacks do. And yeah. you don't, you would never really uh, know because um, they probably end up scoring on that drive anyway. But it's not the death blow that Purdy uh, and IU delivered. All right. This is a show called Fortnite's Plus Minus. So we've been talking a lot about the plus. It's easy to do when they're eight and three and going into their biggest game. But Barris, what do you, what do you, you got a couple minuses? You got some things you want to point out about this team? Well, I mean, we've already pointed out one minus, which is, um, you know, I think that that right side of the line is, is probably worse than it was last year. Um, and that, that's a big deal. Um, you know, and, and it, it underscores, you know, the 49ers have been open about saying that we consider two positions to be the the top two positions and their quarterback and their defensive line and offensive line. I'm, I'm not saying that they don't pay attention to it, but it just doesn't get as much attention um, as defensive line. And, and you see that now you've got uh, you've got a right tackle who at one point this this team thought was a guard. Um, that's the caliber of guy that they have out there. Was so, thought, this team thought was no longer part of the team. Right? Exactly. They cut him. They, they cut him. Yeah. And, and to his credit, he kind of, the light bulb went on, went on in his head and he started to kind of realize what it took to be uh, an NFL player. And and they, they love him. I mean, he's, he's unrattleable. I mean, he's, he's a starter on most teams. I'm just saying that when you're, when you're looking at all the units on this team, uh, that stands out as as a weakness. Um, and so going against an Eagles team that's got a very good defensive line that he's going to be up against uh, Josh Sweat and Son Reddick a lot on Sunday. That's uh, that's something to keep an eye on. And, you know, a- any other week I would have I would have put cornerback up there, too, as a minus. But boy, I thought that this was the best cornerback game um and and not just uh Lenore and Charverius Ward the starters but the the third guy who ends up getting starter snaps is Ambry Thomas and I think that they've been very kind of careful about Ambry Thomas's confidence level and making sure they are always pumping him up well th- these last three games really um have have done more for his confidence than anything he's played really really well and I think this was a big concern uh, of the team to the point where they were looking at trading for a cornerback. Um, and I think these last three games have been 
uh, very reassuring to the 49ers, uh, Ambry Thomas. And it's also a a win for Steve Wilkes. Steve Wilkes has been a Ambry Thomas advocate. I think that was one of his charges when he came in. Make sure you develop Ambry Thomas. We think that this guy has got skills for one reason or another. It hasn't happened uh, over his first uh, three seasons. You need to get something out of Ambry Thomas. This is your specialty, cornerbacks. And uh, to their credit, uh, that's that's been occurring here in uh, in the month of November. We'll say getting Oliver out there has kind of been notable, right? I mean, Thomas is better than Oliver, and Lenore going inside is better than all. Like it just, it's a better collection. And maybe Steve Wilkes is like you know got his guys now. He's he's he definitely feels like he's got everything tightened up. All the things we talked about him coming, you know after the Bengals game and had to go down the field and all that, whatever that meant, but whatever they had to do, Steve Wilkes is done and it all is connected and the pass rush is coming on and the coverage is connecting to that. All those things I will say, I'm not going to do a minus. I think I mentioned, I think McKibbitz is, is, is an ongoing issue when I but think especially the, for the, the Eagles, for the Eagles game. I mean, they don't come up just on one side, they come on both sides. Uh, they're going to have to protect that with running the ball, maybe some screens. I haven't done a lot of screens lately. Something uh, because Reddick is usually coming from that side, and we know what happened when he came from that side early in the first quarter in the NFC Championship game. Uh, but I will say, this is not a minus at all. Fred Warner is an incredible player, had a great game. He cannot miss tackles against the Eagles. Like, cannot. And it's going to be the quarterback coming at yeah. him. And, you know, Fred misses tackles. He's he's playing so fast. Understandable. Uh, but you miss a tackle in this one and hurts is it's not a five yard gain, it's a 25-yard gain, and maybe it's a 50-yard gain. And like Greenlaw, I think, has been playing a little hurt, but I think he looked really good last game. Those two guys cannot be missing Jalen Hurts. They can't pick the wrong lane, they can't pick the wrong moment to move left and when 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 Hurts is moving right. Like this, I just think it's going to come down. And we're going to, I think we're going to be either saying, Fred, my God, Fred Warner played in the game of the year. Uh, he was, they could not get Jalen Hurts loose because 54 was all over him. Or we're going to say, God, Fred's a great player, but that one was not as, that was not his greatest game. I think it's going to be one or the other. I don't think it's going to be a middling game for Fred Warner. Uh, so I will, if we're going to go on to potential player of the week. I'm going to say Fred Warner. I think it's like the game rides on him in so many different ways. It always does. He's the soul of that defense in so many ways. He's the voice of that defense. He and Steve Wilkes are kind of like, you know, got to be the vibe of that defense. But just because Jalen Hurts is so important in that running game, I just think Fred Warner is the most important. Let's not even say player of the game. Let's say most important 49er going into Sunday. Who, who do you got, Barrows? Yeah, I mean, um, I think that uh, Travarius Ward t- took a big step. Um, I'm not saying he's the most important player. He- he's the one of the more interesting players in this game. Um, and I don't know why he doesn't uh, sort of stick with the opponent's um, top receiver. Yeah, I don't Kyle, know. I think Kyle would, like a, him yeah, Kyle would like him to. Yeah, I don't know if this is a candidate game to do that. Um, you know, uh AJ is a, a fantastic wide receiver, but uh, Devonte Smith is is terrific too. So I don't know if you're you're hurting yourself by um, you know shadowing one guy in this game. But uh, he's really interesting. I mean, this this will be the third time I think that that Chase Young plays the Eagles. He he's had some big games against the Eagles. 
show. I mean, uh, big games from the, your your bookends. You know, the the pincer move on Jalen Hurts from Bosa and Chase Young would would go a long way to um, hemming uh, Jalen Hurts in the pocket and making sure he doesn't get out um, and, and hurt you uh, with with his legs. So, um, yeah, I mean, to me, it's it's setting up well. Uh, obviously, the 49ers would have loved to have the Bills uh, beat the Eagles so that uh, they could have taken control of the number one seed with a win. But, um, you know, it, this is uh, already was going to be a, a rest game for the 49ers. It's doubly so given the overtime game. So um, I just think that it's uh, it, it's working out really well for a 49ers win. All right, Barros, we've talked enough. Unless you got something else you want to add. Uh... Our, f- our first Eagles post game is what this was, but it was worth it. it was, I'm glad we set this up because we can react into the moment. Yeah, our, uh, our Eagles plus minus is, uh, <laughs> is off to a great start. I think Eagles fans and 49ers fans alike would appreciate that. All right, Barrels, that's all I got. All right, I'll talk to you uh, next week. See you guys. Mm-hmm.